podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ahoy hoy! Welcome along to this, your September 2019 edition of the Reds Review Audio Magazine here on Anfield Index. It is, of course, your one-stop shop to all things Liverpool Football Club. Although I must point out, we're not a shop, so you can't buy stuff from us, so uh, please don't try and do anything like that. Um, (laughs) As always, it's myself, Andy Wales, joined by my co-host, the one and only... Mr. Mister Man of a Million Pods, is it, Guy? Uh, probably more than that by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've heard him in such places as, um, well, pretty much everywhere. I have a field index, of course, Mr. Guy Drinkle. How are we doing, Guy? Another month in the bag? It's been too long, Andy. I don't like it. Uh, yeah. it's, it's weird, isn't it? It's a whole month since we did a podcast together. I know. You need to like stop going on holiday and stuff. Can't be doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do apologise. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh, well, what a month. Um, so, yeah, August done and dusted in the bag. We're, we're underway. All that pre-season garbage um, gone. And just one thing before we kind of get into things. Our season preview we did. Um, we made a lot of predictions, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember what they all were because, if I'm honest, I probably couldn't tell you what I had for breakfast yesterday. That my memory's a bit like that at times. But one thing we did make a prediction on was at the time, and the transfer window still had something like a week or two left. And and I asked, do you think we'll sign any more players? And I think you were quite um, <laughs> firm in like, nope. That's it. We're going with what we've got. Um, you were right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think that was before Adrian, wasn't it? So technically we got a new one, if I remember. I, I, I might be wrong uh, in yeah, that. Fair, yeah, might fair. be wrong in that, but I don't think many of us expected Minulay to just kind of go away straight after the Community Shield. <laughs> so, yeah, we may have decided. We might have to change that prediction of Seth Vanderberg being our signing of the season to Adrian now, just by default. But yeah, um, other than that, no, we we didn't sign anyone, and uh, it's it's we it's hard to say after a perfect, pretty much perfect start to the uh, season, barring the Allison injury. Um, only time will tell whether that's the right decision or not, because we normally do fine in the early seasons when we get into the um, December, January isn't well, January, February more so than December, and obviously our schedule's a bit more busier this winter period with the Club World Cups. So I think only time will tell with the transfers whether that'll work out for us but perfect start to the season Andy yeah yeah and fingers crossed um we do go through the season pretty much relatively injury free um so let's pick up some news from August and before we start looking back on August matches uh first things first the Champions League draw made um we've got Napoli again um we've played the pre-season I'm not going to kind of get the sick of the sight of Napoli uh, we've got Red Bull, Red Bull, Salzburg, and Genk. So, uh, thoughts on the Champions League draw? Um, I thought it was pretty much perfect. Now, Napoli, we've played a lot. I think we obviously we played them in the Champions League last season. We seem to have a friendly with them every year nowadays, as well. Um, so maybe just 
if you wanted a perfect situation, someone different, just to, for, for a variety of reasons. But I think it ended up kind of being between Napoli and Atletico Madrid, the way the, the draw was working out. I'd rather play Napoli. Obviously, with us getting Napoli, it means we don't, we couldn't have got Inter in the um, third seed, and Atalanta was probably one of the better teams in the fourth fourth pot as well. So getting Napoli over Atletico Madrid pretty much safeguard, safeguarded us from... Um, Getting the more difficult um, teams in in the lower pot, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the team. And Salzburg literally know nothing about other than being pretty much a feeder team to Leipzig. Um, and I think they got to the Europa League semi final. They did. They yeah. had quite an exciting team. They've mm. lost a couple of players, but most notably, they've lost their manager to Borussia Mönchengladbach, mm. Marco Rosa, and he's very highly rated. So. We it might w- work out that we've actually got Salzburg at uh, at the right time. Yeah, I, I, I recorded the scouting kind of covered this as well, um, and they said it it kind of like a team in transition with an with a new crop of youngsters by the sounds of it, and obviously Salzburg one of the dominant forces in Austria, so it'll be interesting to see, and probably probably one to keep an eye on talented players as well. Um, and Genk, again, I know nothing other than that they produce a lot of young talent. So, again, probably be, hopefully we do win because you'd think them two games should be comfortable wins for us. But obviously you can't take um, anything for granted, i.e. the um, Belgrade game last season. Um, but, yeah, them, them two games should be more a bit of fun, I reckon, more than anything. And it'll be interesting to verse new teams. I mean... Under the Raffaday, under the Raffaday's, I'm pretty sure we had Marseille every year for about 700 years. <laughs> so it's nice to play someone a bit different, I suppose, over the, over the Napoli, obviously. Yeah, I oh, just it, that just took me back to that Steven Gerrard goal against uh, Marseille, yeah, where he just first time in in step hits it from the edge of the box and curls it. It's just a tremendous goal. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> reliving past things, yeah. So it's yeah, an interesting draw. Um, like you said, we can't take anything for granted and we've got to be better away from home in the group this season. Uh, we we really don't need... My my nerves really don't need uh, another yeah. set of away games uh, like like them ones in the group last year. I think we, we do need to make sure that that, um, that passes through the group stages is smoother. But one interesting thing to note from those away games last year as compared to the team now is that was when Fabinho was mostly mm-hmm. on the sidelines and mm-hmm. still being integrated and he only played I think something like 10-20 minutes as a sub where he came in one of those games I think it was a Napoli game you know, and he didn't play in the other two so hopefully with Fabinho now integral to our midfield we will be set up better and um, yeah Let's let let's hope things are, are much smoother than they were last year. Yeah. Um I, I do the, the Champions League preview podcast shows here on our field and neck, so um little little plug, early plug for you. That one will be coming up uh, before the Napoli game. So um yeah, look ahead to that one. What about the League Cup draw then, uh guy? MK Don's away on the twenty uh, fifth of September. Um Obviously, we really expect to see a number of changes. Um, thoughts on that one? Um, it's a nice change of pace because in in the domestic cups in recent years, we've seemingly got 
quite difficult draws. I think we got Chelsea at this stage last season, if I remember correctly, which is obviously not ideal. Um, when well, last season we were blooding in new transfers and stuff like that, and we kind of screwed it off, didn't we? Um, whereas now MK Dons, I, I think they're in League One. I might be wrong with that. Um, it shows how much I know about the lower leagues of, of English football. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a nice change. Um, I think it'll give us a good opportunity to use some of the some of the squad players. But I think it's a game that allows us to make changes, but still like stay in the competition. Hopefully, because uh, although the League Cup and FA Cup don't really mean much to me, it's nice. It's nice to have a run in them, and even if if you do get a piece of silverware in at, well February or the end of the season, perfect. Um, but yeah, but I think I think we'll make a few changes, and we'll see the likes of probably Lalana, um, hopefully like Brewster, Origi, um, Shakiri should get a run out eventually. So we can still put out a decent team. Be interesting to see like if Larucci and all that get a get a few games. Um, do you think it, Lalana's going to be fit as far away as the uh, the end of September then? <laughs> uh, well, he's not playing, so unless he gets injured in training, which is obviously very possible with Lallana. I mean, he 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 could he could suffer horrific combing uh, hair combing injury or something like that. Yeah, uh, we don't need the mouldy potato haircut back. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to leave him alone. I just can't help it. He's I'm, just, I'm, just such an easy target. I'm, abs, you know. I'm one of his harshest critics, and you just bring it up out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't help myself. Um, I, I th- it's right though, isn't it? Look, we, we, I think it's a good opportunity to give a few youngsters a go, uh, give some of the the fringe players, like you say, you know, bring in the experience at Milner, the experience of Lallana. You know, he's thirty plus now. Give it, get him some time on a pitch. Let's get to see uh, Shakiri give a, get Rigi back playing. So uh, yeah, a, a good mix. And I, I've got to say, I'd like us to win. The, the League Cup or the FA mm-hmm. Cup this season. I just think it would be nice for us to get one of those domestic trophies. Not only that, it's it's just a nice habit to get into us to you know to add, keep adding trophies. Now we're in a really good curve at the moment. We've got one of the best teams I've seen in decades. So it would be nice that we we make the most of it and add mm-hmm. add trophies along the way whilst whilst we've got this fantastic team. And hopefully with an easier Champions League group, obviously we had PSG, I think we were pot free last year, weren't we? So we had Napoli and PSG, but now if, say, we win the first three Champions League games, maybe we can rotate a bit in the Champions League and actually play stronger. I'm not sure when the, if we do get past MK Dons, touch wood, uh, we can actually take it a bit more seriously if the Champions League isn't eating up the squad. Mm. So final bit of news for August then. Um, obviously, you know, obviously, as we said, not much in the way of incomings, but outgoings, uh, Ryan Kent off to, to Rangers, um, good deal for Liverpool. I, I think it's fair to say that he was never really going to make it a Liverpool. He looked quite talented coming through the ranks, but, uh, a good, for, good move for him. Hope he does well. A uh, decent amount of money that we've received for him as well. Yeah, I thought, I thought we'd maybe fleece. It's normally Bournemouth. <laughs> I thought we'd maybe fleece Bournemouth out of a bit more money, but I think that's the risk that you do when you loan people to the SPL. Um, it, it, we don't know what level that is really, and he didn't have 
huge numbers in in Scottish football. So yeah, it's seven odd million, I think it is. It's it, it, perfectly fine. I thought we'd maybe get a bit more from either a Championship club or a, a lower Premier League club, but whatever. We get a buyback clause and stuff like that, and it it's not really the story of the transfer window. I imagine you're about to bring up the other one. <laughs> yeah, well, that it is uh, the final piece of business. Uh, Bobby Duncan sold to Fiorentina for roughly one point eight million pounds. Uh, two million euros with a twenty percent uh, sell-on clause. Um, uh, it, this all blew up last week, didn't it? And mm-hmm. it really unsavoury uh, and and odd. And his agent, um, the, I suppose, the one satisfying thing that came out of it was um, his agent tried to take on <laughs> Michael Edwards and got absolutely ripped to shreds. Uh, LFC Twitter went on full overdrive, uh, dragging out every tweet he's ever sent out, uh, and basically ended him. And, um, yeah, it was all pretty unsavoury. And the real thing, the real disappointing thing in this is there's a talented young lad there. He's now moved clubs a couple of years running. He was at Man City. He's left there in a bit of a storm to come to Liverpool. and, And now... Having only played for the under 18s, um, a bit of a storm, and he's off again. And and I and it's a shame, I think, for the player, and that he is a talent. Uh, and I do worry for his career that this could be kind of a, an ongoing theme, where rather than settle and actually do some development and work with the right people and fulfil your potential, he could end up uh, making a lot of ill-advised moves and, and not really uh, live out the career that he could have had thanks to uh, the person advising him. Um, I I agree I agree that the per, the the agent is a prick. Um, but he's eighteen. Like I know everyone's done stupid stuff at eighteen, but you you're not exactly twelve. You should you should be able to learn that that someone's taken advantage of you. Maybe, maybe he is. Maybe Bobby Duncan is the one orchestrating this because he, he he did the exact same at Man City he he, he played up there to get his dream move um, air quotes there um, to Liverpool and whatever it, I think a year later maybe two I can't remember when we bloody signed him actually um, he's now moved on from us after spending pre-season with the first team in America like I, I don't get what else he wanted he, he's, he's behind the best front three in the world Probably not even arguably anymore. Um, he's then you add in Origi, Shakiri, Brewster. Then he's got his um, under, formerly under 18s teammate in Glatz, who's obviously injured at the minute, but he's, you're kind of competing in with players. So what does he expect? Does he expect to go straight into the first team ahead of Bobby Firmino? What? <laughs> hey, yeah, he's 18. I, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, I think somebody needed to have a word and. and... Just look, you know, settle down. Trust the team that are, are working with you. You know, they were they were moving him up into the under twenty threes, and it was just that logical next step, mm-hmm. wasn't it, of progress that you do need to take these logical steps. I mean, some players it could turn out to be another Jaden Sancho, yeah. where the, the move is absolutely ideal for him and whatnot. But this kind of has the feel about it where it's more perhaps along the lines of uh, other promising young strikers at Liverpool that have. Uh, need uh, you know been a bit impatient and off they went mm-hmm. and basically virtually un- unheard of from their run in uh, yeah. Jerome Sinclair springs yeah, to mind yeah. well the his agent's the same as Sadio uh, 
side or Berahino, I think it is. Um, is it says everything about it, but I think ultimately I don't think he had that much of a future at Liverpool because I mentioned the options there. I mean, Brewster's not getting spot on the bench, and I think Brewster's a lot better player and better suited to us than than Duncan is. But it, it's just I think it's more the it's not him leaving; it's the way he's left, and especially now that he's done it to two clubs, it it it's just not. It's you're eighteen and you've already been a prick to two clubs. It's just very it's a very strange thing and going to Italy, like I know Sancho went to Germany and G- Germany seems to be like the perfect culture for young players to go to, especially if you're English. Cause I, I think um, German, they obviously speak English quite well. And it's easy, I think I am, I don't know. You, you probably speak a bit more German than I do. I do. Is, yeah, is, is German I, I, easy? Is German easier yeah, to I, communicate? Yeah. Look, German can be, can be a tough language to learn in, in some respects, but I think they've got all the resources there. They can learn the language. Yeah. And, but lots of players uh, are quite well-versed in English and they can at least, at least communicate mm-hmm. such a popular language. Yeah. But I think really it's the whole setting of the Bundesliga is more suited to uh, to young players developing yeah. talent. It's That's really what it's set up around. So it is a, a really good formative uh, league for that. And Italy, who knows? <laughs> um who knows? It, it, like you said, though, that it's it's the manner of the uh, departure. It's it's unsavoury, and, and I think it brought unwelcomed type of attention to the club and everything that was going on. So um, it's a shame, but hopefully, yeah, it'll all get put to bed. Yeah. So on to the matches then. Let's let's uh, get on to the matches. Uh, we kick the season off at home to Norwich. Finished four one, and I I've got to say, guy, I I thought we. On the whole, we probably didn't get beyond maybe third gear. And and that was only for, say, maybe half an hour in the first half, and then it was that was it then. <laughs> Took out the cigar second half. Um, nice to start with a win, though. Yeah, I thought it was not perfect, because Norwich had a, a fair, decent spell in the game. But in, in terms of um, kind of an unknown quantity, you've obviously had, a disrupted summer. Obviously, I don't. We didn't have Mane in that game. Bobby and Salah only had a a a small preseason and and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty much the the perfect opener, really. And um, yeah, that that first what was it after like the first ten minutes or something? We just kind of went into overdrive and and just kind of welcome welcome to the Premier League. <laughs> it was um. It it was just different class, but it, to be fair, I thought obviously the story that came from that game is that Norwich opened us up and stuff like that. But I do agree with you. As soon as we, I think we were four nil up, weren't we? Um, as soon as it got to that, it, <clears throat> it we kind of just went, well, job done. We'll let Norwich have a, have the ball a bit. And to be fair, the trouble they did trouble us. Uh, I don't think we were ever in any danger of conceding like any more than two at a push. Um, but yeah, I thought. I thought it was. I thought we were perfectly fine, and it let it kind of allowed Norwich to announce themselves to the Premier League in that second half. And we've seen what they've done. They've, they've had a, a few um, good performances and kind of build on built on that. So yeah, it was a. I thought it was a good game all round, really, and it was it was quite it was very enjoyable. Mm. Uh, we followed that up with the uh, the the UEFA Super Cup. Uh, winning five foreign penalties uh, against Chelsea after it finished two two in extra time. Um, I I didn't get to see this game. I watched the highlights. I was uh, fuming 
that he had to actually play extra time, travel all the way to Turkey to then play extra time and penalties just for some tin pot um, exhibition match because it was only a few days later that we'd be having a Premier League game where there was three points on the uh, on on offer. Um, what what about the game then? I know that that the penalty they got was was a bit of a joke and whatnot, but um, obviously everyone was quite pleased to to win that Super Cup. Um, do you think there's a, there's a psychological advantage in winning it, or do you just a bit of a nothing? Um, I mean, if you go if you go to Turkey and you go to extra time, you best bloody win the thing. <laughs> um, and we did, yeah. Psychologically, it, I think it would have been more damaging to us, considering how bad Chelsea have been, and obviously they got battered four 0 by an awful Man United team the game before. Um, it would have, I think, it would have almost been embarrassing if we lost that. Um, and Chelsea haven't really got any better since then. Um, so yeah, I thought it was more important for us to not lose more than win. I know there's a trophy on offer and that sounds stupid, but considering how bad Chelsea are, it could have got embarrassing if we lost. And, and the game itself, it was pretty woeful. <laughs> um, I thought the conditions and obviously maybe we didn't take it the more serious. Um, it it kind of just was a bit meh, wasn't it? Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just glad we won it considering it went to extra time and stuff like that. You're right, that their penalty... I mean, VAR's had its own controversy this um, this first month of the season. And yeah, I think UEFA's is different to the Premier League, but that, that was that was farcical, really. But yeah, fair dues, we won a trophy. And as you mentioned with the League Cup earlier, winning trophies, it, it's nice to keep that um, continuing, even if it is just a... A, a fancy uh, community shield, but it goes to extra time, so I'm counting that as a proper proper trophy. Whereas the community shield goes straight to penalties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, nice for nice for Adrian to uh, yeah, to that, come that about and look in the hero yeah. as well, I suppose. Um, so we followed that up a few days later away at Southampton, and I was concerned about this. You know, after all that travelling and all that, them extra minutes on the pitch to then go to Southampton under Ralph uh, Hasenhutel. Who you know the high energy game? I I was concerned, you know, that we were gonna we were gonna suffer for, uh, for our exertions, and and I fully expected us to have a lethargic half and an energetic half. Uh, fortunately, we got the lethargic half out of the way in the first half and mm. and come out of it on top. And the most important thing is out of that whole week. For me, is I'd I'd have swapped the three points for the uh, UEFA Super Cup any day of the week. Oh God, yeah. Fortunately, we got both, which is lovely. But yeah, yes, I'd, I'd agree exactly. with that. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. Um, but yeah, you're right. The first half was um, was god awful. Uh, Adrian was probably our man of the match in that first half, which speaks volumes of the game. Um, and I thought the I thought the midfield in that game was a proper issue. I think it was Milner, Ginny, and Ox and Ox kind of, he got a lot better in the second half, but Milner looked like an old man and Ginny was doing Ginny ghostly things, um, not doing too well. So yeah, I thought the midfield was an issue. It, Ox stepped up massively in the second half, I thought, and I thought the improvement kind of grew with that. Um, I think Henderson and Fabinho came on later on. But we did kind of lose control towards the end. I know Adrian made a mistake. Um, but yeah, we, we weren't 
I think we got almost got away with one. I think we deserved to win. But yeah, inged at the end. Just by yeah. the skin of our yeah. teeth. We, but who cares? We yeah, won. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. As you mentioned, diff, the difficult the difficult schedule kind of affected our our team selection and, and to get the three points almost comfortably, apart from the last ten minutes. <laughs> um it, it's a it's a it's a Great thing to see, I suppose. But yeah, but that that was, I think it's fair to say that was our most difficult game of the season so far. Yeah, and I think an ongoing theme is is we just look such a different team once we take the lead in the game, and and this I think really emphasised against Arsenal. We beat them three one, and Arsenal had a couple of moments that came again from individual mistakes that really sort of created opportunities for them. But you know they they sat with a, a low block, you know, a four and then a four in front, very narrow, let us cross the ball at, at you know, our own desire. Uh, and I think because they were so narrow and so deep that they had the numbers to deal with the crosses and we weren't really sort of playing in the way we'd expect, you know, we, we weren't able to find them spaces, we weren't really sort of picking them apart, but... As soon as as soon as we got the lead, that was it. That I mean, the, the entire Arsenal game plan for me hinged on them being able to snatch the lead, and then maybe then look to pick us off. But once we got the lead, Arsenal had to open up, and that was it. There was there was no there was no doubt in my mind. As soon as we took the lead, that that was it. We were winning this game. Yeah, absolutely. I thought. Um, well, I agree exactly with what you said there. That they surprisingly. Played like a Tony Pulis team. <laughs> it was uh, it was awful. Um, but it, you could probably say it worked because, as as you said, they rather than trying to block the cross, they just blocked where the cross was going. And I think that's probably something that can work for other teams because, regardless of how you set up, um, Trent and Robertson are going to get crosses in. So if you've got good headers of the ball like Socrates and David Luiz, who can't really defend but they can head the ball, you might as well pack the box and allow them to do what they're actually good at. And it was working, but obviously their bad defence showed, especially on that corner because they were just trying to wrestle people. And then the second half, um, they just imploded, didn't they? I mean, David Louise, good God. Um, what? Imagine signing him to fix your defence. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's... Um, I thought. I thought that was... was our most con well, well, maybe Burnley topped it, but at, at that stage, I thought Arsenal. It was it was definitely our most controlled performance of the of the season. Um, Pepe and Aubameyang had a couple of chances, but other than that, we we pretty much just contained Arsenal in the left third of the pitch. And I thought it was I thought it was really good. Maybe you'd want a bit more creativity in midfield, but maybe you won't have the control if the, if you allowed that. So yeah, fair dues, but. Um, as soon as we got the the first goal off off Matip learning out a header ball, um, it, it it was always go, it was only going to go one way. As soon as the game opened up, you saw you saw Mo Salah and and Bobby Firmino especially come alive, and yeah, Arsenal just looked lost straight away, straight away. And um, the story, weirdly, the story after that game was that Pepe is world class, which was weird. <laughs> but um, oh, oh yeah. yes, he dribbled. Yeah. He managed to dribble past Van Dijk. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. Was, uh, what do you do? <laughs> I think he had the ball took back off him straight afterwards. But <laughs> I, I think Arsenal. Are. I think Arsenal would rather have the three points. But if you, if you, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, now, what I, for me, what I got from the theme of this month, up until the Burnley game, was 
in that Arsenal game, in the Southampton game, in the Norwich game. There, there are lots of um, individual lapses, you know, individual, like, un- unforced errors, individual mistakes, little lapses of concentration, you know, not covering, not uh, not doing the right things, not clearing, making good contact, whatever, creating opportunities for the opposition. And obviously, in the case of the Southampton game, they scored from one of them. Um, but at Burnley, I kind of feel like we really sort of tightened up on this, there was much less switching off, and it was much more of a switched-on performance. We were much more into it, and it's maybe it's just that it's early season, and now we're starting to find our groove that we look better defensively, and we look much more of a fluid, solid unit that we got used to seeing last season. And and the other thing I'll say as well, guys, I was nervous about this game going into it just because it's Burnley away and they're tough, and I kind of felt as all we we're We've won so many games that we were due. We were just kind of due one where we dropped points. But th- this was such a good performance in, in that we, we never looked troubled at all. And it's like we've mastered the uh, the whole Burnley conundrum. Yeah, an away game at Burnley's... All, well, it used to be the stuff of nightmares, didn't it? That, that's the thing. Um, and... Yeah, it, we've we've seemingly learned how to just contain Burnley and teams of that ilk, um, and that's great to see. Because I mean, what Watford, Burnley, etc. used to just God remember Skirtle. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, they 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 used to just give us nightmares. Um, but it, yeah, I'd I'd agree with your assessment of the performance. I thought this was the first one we really looked like. Well, that and Arsenal, I think it's fair to say, but Arsenal are always going to give you some trouble so yeah Burnley they uh we just we just controlled them I mean Chris Wood had that chance like early on which I missed fortunately <laughs> so I've missed like the first two minutes of the game um and other than that they didn't really do anything Van Dijk just went into overdrive with, with the heading um and yeah I thought they I thought Burnley pretty much just tried to Pass, try to win the 1v1 with Dwight McNeil and then if not they went direct and that just wasn't working for him I thought Trent had a good game containing McNeil and other than that I thought Burnley kind of I don't know they almost panicked and tried to change their game and you, you saw in the second goal Ben Mee was trying to play out from the back which is a no-no <laughs> uh, and, and but I think Bobby won it off him and, and, and then we scored and yeah th- this game I thought it was our I'd I'd say this is probably our best performance of the season so far. I mean, Arsenal obviously had a cup. We were very impressive against Arsenal, and they had a couple of chances. But we literally give Burnley nothing, and this is this is a team with one of the most informed strikers in the league, probably apart from Pookie with with Ashley Barnes, and he didn't he didn't really get a sniff. Um, and Burnley for me, they're probably going to finish in that eighth to twelfth range quite comfortably, and you can easily see. That Burnley team probably beat your Chelsea's, your Arsenal's, your Man United. I mean, you probably throw Spurs in there this season, going off their start to the season. I could easily see Burnley take points off most of the most of the rest of the top six, other than us and City. And yeah, we we just um, we just contained them pretty easily. I thought. Yeah, it, it was a very very professional performance. It's it's. Um... 
it's weird. It's almost like uh, we're beginning to have a bit of an aura, a bit like Man City, where people kind of just expect us to win games. So it's well, that's that is really really nice, and yeah, really pleasing performance. Very very pleasing performance. So um, you know, it's hard to ask for much more than that. Four wins out of four. Um, statistically fantastic start to, to the Premier League for Liverpool. So let's hope that continues. I'd be quite happy if uh, we sat here in May, at the end of May, Guy, talking about 38 wins out of 38. I think I'd be um, quite quite pleased with that. Ah, I'd, I'd be gutted with that. <laughs> we went out in the League Cup to MK Dons, man. <laughs> yeah, so I'd be disappointed about a couple of them goals we conceded on a way to yeah, 100% record. Um, no, it's it, it's it's hard to be churlish, isn't it, when you've when you've had a start to the season like that. It's uh, it's nice to to just get them wins down and get things going. Yeah, per- absolutely perfect start to the season and. Um, we just got to build on that, and um, we're obviously going to do the uh, predictions and previews for uh, for September. And it looks like another decent month, or almost similar in terms of fixtures. Um, but obviously, we've got the Champions League starting. That might add a a different question for the squad, I suppose. But yeah, it, it, I'm just kind of waiting. I'm just scrolling down, waiting for the Man City game to pop up. Because going off the starts to the season, it looks like the Man City game is going to be the season defining one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just uh, as long as as long as us and City, or hopefully City, drop points in the meantime. But as as long as we're neck and neck with City, that game is going to be the defining one, I think. It certainly, yeah, it certainly promises to be that way. So August was good. Uh, goal of the month time. There, it's our award section. So goal of the month first, guy. Um, who have you picked for your August goal of the month? After forgetting every goal of the month, I spent the like ten minutes before the podcast watching all like the two minute highlights on the uh, official YouTube channel for the club, um, and somehow I forgot that Mo Salah ended David Luiz's career um, with his second goal. Um, so I'll, I'll pick that one where Fabinho passed it and then he just kind of spun him, and David was like, "No, I can't foul him." Uh, so I'll I'll pick more Salah's second v Arsenal because that was just a lovely turn, a lovely run, and I think it just summarised um, Salah quite well that goal. Yeah, what well, that was a lovely goal. Uh, I also I've got to make a mention for the Origi header against uh, Norwich. Mm. Um, as much as anything, that cross from Trent, you know the the way it had a bit of out outward swerve on it, it was just fantastic, and and you know nodded it in beautifully. I've got to mention that. But my goal of the month, and, and I can't believe I almost forgot about it without myself also looking back at the uh, the goals, uh, was Sadio Mane against Southampton. That mm. just touched yeah. an absolute thunder bastard into the top corner. It was a beauty. Yeah, that that was it, that was probably one the most important goal of the the month so far as well. To be fair, yeah, because um, we were struggling in that game and very fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a. It's a what would you say, a clutch moment? That That's just... I think that's what Mane's kind of became in this... Probably since the start of 2019, he's just stepped up a level and became so much more important than what he was, I thought. I think... Mm. Yeah, it was a, a pure goal anyway. A couple of terrific goals uh, picking up our awards. So, Player of the Month, though, um, who have you picked out for your August Player of the Month? Well, it's strange. I, I was thinking, I'll, I'll, I'll say two names, but I think this is undisputedly between these two. Um, I was look. I, I firstly was going to give it to Fabinho because Fabinho has been 
Fabinho. <laughs> He's been bloody excellent again. And I was looking, because um, I obviously do um, rate don't hate nowadays, I was looking for my ratings and thought, maybe I'll do it via this. And I looked, and Bobby Firmino's just been constant, consistently getting eights and nines from me. So I'm going to have to give it a Bobby Firmino. I think he's played every game, I think. Yeah, I think he's played every game. Whereas Fabinho missed the Southampton game. Um, so I, I'll give it to Bobby because he's played more. And I think he's just, I think he started the season so well. It's like almost back to that 17-18 level where it was just them three consistently in the same position. Where I think last season he kind of had, um, he was interrupted with injury. He was getting moved about position-wise and he kind of affected his form. Whereas this season, the start of this season, Bobby's just been, electric I reckon yeah full house on that one Bobby's been superb and it, it is really gratifying to see him playing so well and doing his mad stuff that he does and his big smile I love him so definitely Bobby for me although I'll give a special special mention to Joel Matty because mm-hmm. I think he's continued his season his uh, form from the second half of last season into this season and uh, right now he he looks like he absolutely has to be the number one pick alongside Virgil Van Dijk at centre back. So uh, I, I'm becoming a, more and more a fan of Joel Matip, and also a little special mention for his shithousery, um, the little dark arts against uh, Burnley. Great one, fouls Ashley Barnes, um, tangles his legs with him. Looks like he's trying <laughs> to get up, hits the deck, uh, the re- points at the referee, looking like. Look, look at what look what he's doing to me. Look, uh, just fabulous. Love, love Joel Matip these days. So a special honourable mention to Joel Matip from me. Got to mention Trent Shithousery in that game as well. That was beautiful. Kicking the ball away, it just it it was like eruption. It was just beautiful. Uh, but yeah, I think Matip's a good shout. He obviously hasn't played every game, but yeah, you could easily see him if he continues his form being in the conversation properly in in September, if not the rest of the season, because if, if it settles back into the defence last year, I mean, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And I, I'm the same as you. I, I never saw this coming from Matip, and it's it, it's it's funny and brilliant at the same time, because Matip's like just a walking meme. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to be more and more a fan of his anyway. So, uh yeah, clean house for uh, player of the month for Bobby. Yeah, goal of the month gets shared between uh, Sadio and more. Um, what about the academy then, guy? Um, can you update us what's been happening over there over the month of August? Yes, I can, and it is a bit of a strange one because the. It, I mean, normally I could like go off information I've had because I've watched them at the under-18s and have came up with the under-23. So once I get under the under-18s, I don't know anyone. <laughs> so this will be this will be a new thing for me. Uh, this will be uh, interesting. But I'll start with the under-23s, just checking them on the right tab there. Yes, I am. Um, so we lost 3-2 in the EFL Cup. Uh, EFL Trophy, I should say, which we're now, well, I don't think we're part of anymore because we got knocked out, unless uh, that's a league system. I'm not sure how that works. Yes, it is. It is a league thingy. But we lost 3-2 to Oldham. Um, I think that would obviously be Oldham's first team. Um, 
But yeah, the under-23s have not had a good start to the season. Uh, we lost 4-0 at home against Tottenham, which isn't ideal. Um, lost 3-0 uh, away to Chelsea. Um, beat Southampton 4-2. I think that's when we had... Uh, I think that's when Brewster came back, actually, for them. And I, I think we had a stronger team, but I'll, I'll check that out in a sec. And we lost um, 4-1 to Man City. So, yeah, the... Um, the under twenty threes have not had an ideal start to the to the uh, season, really. So it's a uh, it's a strange one. It's a strange one. Whether I'll, I'll get some of the team new teams up um, from previous games just to try and pick out some names. Obviously, we've got uh, Harvey Elliott, uh, Harvey Elliott, who's obviously new to the uh, new to the team. Um, Brewster and Jones. That seems to be a decent front three. Um, Adam, Adam Lewis has gone back into midfield now. After, it seemingly that was the, one of the stories of preseason that uh, him and between him and Larucci, one of them, would get the backup spot. Um, and it looks like Larucci's won that one. And um, well, in the Man City game, at least this is the team I've got in front of me. It looks like we're trying to build on Hoover and Van de, Vandenberg in uh, in defence, but I think that's changed uh, a bit throughout. And I'll just get up the team that won at Southampton just for end on this bit with a bit of positivity. Um, that one was a bit different. We had Hoover at right back um, and Vandenberg with boys at the back. And, yeah, it looks like we've, we've almost settled on Jones, Brewster and Elliot as a front three. Um, but it is strange. It, it, it's not as strong as it used to, as the team used to be, so I think this might be a bit of a transitional period for the under-23s and um, I'll get the under-18s results up because it'll be a bit more positive i reckon um <clears throat> loving your preparation here guy i have it in front of me i just got to change tabs it's <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a, it's a straight i'm using this the, is a thoroughly yes. professional podcast yes well i've got the flash score app you can actually follow the underage teams on there so i'm just changing through that um we beat blackburn 7-1 which is lovely um wow. i'm just gonna i'm gonna go on the uh Line up for that because, as I mentioned, I I don't really know the team because there's quite a lot of new names. Um, so I'll go through the team: Winterbottom, Kwanza, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, Savage, Kumito, Norris, Clarkson, Hill, Kane, Ritasio. I think that's how you say his name. I'm going to butcher all these names: Balag Balagizi and Stewart. So I'm I think the under 18s going off results obviously looks like it'll be interesting and there's obviously a lot of new names there. So obviously I think last season we spent a lot of time discussing Duncan and Glatzel, didn't we? So it'll be interesting to um to see how this pretty much complete new crop um grows as a team, but I'll go through the rest of the results. Um we beat Stoke 3-2. We drew one all with Wolves, and we beat Liverpool. Uh, we beat Manchester United for free in the mini mini derby, which is good to see. So yeah, I think the under 18s um, are seemingly more interesting and uh, more ready for that level going off the early results. But uh, as I said, as I keep saying, I've not seen a lot of the the new crop of under 18s, so I will hopefully um, get to see a couple games and maybe. Give a bit more in depth on that, um, but yeah, the under 18s don't play till the fourteenth. So, and that's Man City, who obviously have a famed academy. So that will hopefully be on um, LFC TV. So yeah, I'll try and watch that game. 
and be be more prepared next year, next uh, month, Andy. But yeah, under twenty three is bad. Under eighteen is good by the looks of it. Yeah, it's all about the progress and and then see how the guys do. Um, fantasy then a bit of FPL and uh, where you do the podcast. Um, what's how's things looking in terms of uh, the the leagues? Because I, I know I'm just behind you. I, I've actually started off a little better this year. Oh God, where are you? Where? Are, oh my God, you're uh, right near me. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. the table respectability. Oh God. Thank God I had a good. Thank God I had a good week. (laughs) 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 Woo! Oh dear. But yeah, we'll start with the contributors. One, Ollie Hansen is top. Oh God, he's he's got a little gap already. So well done, Ollie. Um, you are top by eighteen points already, which is uh, impressive. Impressive indeed. I'll go to to the public league. Do 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 do. Um. And the person who is top, Butler's Galacticos, good, good team by Brian Butler there. So well done, Brian, if you're listening. Um, he well, again, he's he's quite comfortably in the lead. He is 21 points in front. Um, so hopefully we don't get uh, <laughs> what we had last year, where the person was winning for pretty much eight of the nine months and lost it in the last month. Um, so that bald it, yeah, Bold absolute it. Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. He spurs it. Absolute spurs it. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. But um, in terms of players and stuff, Andy, I mean, I, I see that Salah's still leading like overall all players, and he's obviously the top scoring Liverpool player. No, no, Aguero's top, I think. Yeah, Aguero's top on this. I think. Is he? Forty. Yeah. yeah. Aguero forty, Sterling thirty seven, Pookie thirty seven, and more on thirty six. My apologies. Mm. Yeah, so more top at top of the Liverpool. Yeah, players thirty six points from four games, not bad. Um, I, I can see on this list here, Mane, the next highest on twenty five. Firmino, uh, sorry, the next highest on twenty five. Firmino's the next highest on twenty seven. Then we've got uh, Mane on twenty five. Um, obviously, defenders not scoring quite as highly this so far this season because we've only got the one clean sheet. But um, if there's if anybody wants any tips for uh, what Liverpool players to be picking, um, who who would you recommend then? Um, probably just not listen to me. <laughs> uh, but just just well, I'll, I'll give my opinion. Um, well, on mine, I currently have Matip because he's obviously cheaper. Uh, and if he stays in the team, I don't think there'll be a huge amount of difference between him and Van Dyke. It's just if we rotate in Gomez, etc. It'll be the problem for me that week. Um, but <clears throat> in terms of the f- the free that you want, I mean, Bobby's a lot cheaper and going off form, probably safe to say you'd want him. I've still got Salah, but I think you can probably get away with either of them. So at the minute, I'd probably say Trent one of the wingers and Bobby at the minute. That's how I'd go, just because mm. I think it'd be too expensive to try and get but, uh, more and Barney. And obviously them them two hate each other and can't play together anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're not even going to go yeah. down that. Yeah, we won't, we won't mention that one. Um, yeah, we won't roll along that road. Yeah, yeah. So what what about the uh, the fantasy pod then, uh, that, that up and running, and where, uh, how, where can people catch that and all the rest of it? Um, we 
probably won't be doing one this week because we like to have previews because it's like half the pod. So probably next week, maybe early-ish, whether it's Monday or whatever. I'm not sure when the internationals actually finish. Um, but yeah, just follow me or the account, or if you're on the app or podcast apps, whatever, um, they'll just be there. Um, we did the last one we did was obviously previewing the last game week, so probably not a lot of relevancy there, but. If you want to laugh at me doing a wild card, that's there. But we will be doing one before the next game week um, where I can reflect on my half, my decent week. Um, but yeah, we, we, we're trying to keep it as weekly as possible. It might be tough with the Champions League, but yeah, we'll, we'll try and keep that as uh, as uh, common so, as possible. Yeah, so guys, if you're, if you're interested in your FPL... Give it a listen. Uh, do make sure you're you're part of the leagues. Um, you know it's all 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 part of the fun. And uh, hey, oh, you know you never you never know you you might well get a mention on here if you're doing well. Or as we go along, if you're bottom of the league, um, I'm I'm sure you might get also get a mention. Uh, trivia time. Then, as we record this, it is actually the third of September, uh, which is the the birthday of Gerard Tullier, former Liverpool manager. Yesterday, the 2nd of September, would have been the 106th birthday of the great Bill Shankly, of course, a man who revolutionised Liverpool Football Club. And it was nice to see the club marking that online with some videos and stuff. Um, but the rest, birthday-wise, there's nothing in the squad at the moment. Uh, we had a couple last year, but they've been moved on. Um, some notable ex-players, though, uh, coming up. 7th is uh, Stefan Enschel's birthday. Uh, 8th of September, it's uh, Marcus Babel. What a cracking player he was before, um, sadly, uh, the injury really blighted his career, ended his career. It was a re- real, real shame. Uh, tremendous player, Marcus Babel. And 18th, uh, John Aldridge. Uh, born in 1958, um, his brief time at Liverpool, but um, man, he scored lots of goals and was part of that magnificent 87-88 team that I love so much. And then later, later on in the month, you've got the 24th of September, which is a Jonan Arisa's birthday, born 1980, uh, the Raiden left-back um, uh, <laughs> Maybe quite suited to this Liverpool team, though not not a great, such a great defender, but uh, really good going forward. And then 25th was Ronnie Whelan, born 1961, and he was a fantastic midfield player with an unbelievable left foot. So uh, there's your birthdays from September. And that just leaves us with uh, our predictions, Guy. The best bit. The best bit, me and you going head to head. Well, hopefully now, the best bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, last year you um, you sneaked it by about well, two hundred points. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't quite that many. Probably <laughs> about forty or fifty points, but <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you won last year. I'll give you that one. So August, um, you predicted. 2-0. I predicted 3-1 against Norwich. It Oof. was 4-1, so I was the closest. But moral we get moral victory. <laughs> moral victory. I, I claim these moral victories. I don't get no points for them, though. But, uh, yeah, we get a point each for that. Southampton, you predicted 2-2. I went for 1-1. Ooh. Obviously, we won it 2-1, so neither of us got a point for that one. Arsenal, you went for 3-1. I went for 2-1. Of course, it finished 3-1. Oh, you get the full house, you get the three points, I get the one. 
And Burnley, you went for 1-0. I also went for 1-0. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was 3-0. So we both get the one singular point for that. So at the end of August, Guy, you were on five points. I am on three points, a familiar pattern. But uh, let's see if we can reverse it. So September, Premier League predictions. Who are you going to, what are you going to go for, I should say? Liverpool versus Newcastle. When we come back off this bloody international break, because I hate international breaks. Um, We tend to almost struggle with the first game back on international mm. breaks. So that's I, why it's relieved to see that it was Newcastle. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Um, I'll go 2-0. I don't think we'll be at our flowing best, but I think we'll still win comfortably-ish. Yeah, I, I'm along a similar vein. Mm. I'm going to go 1-0 then, just to be slightly different. Next up then, we're away at Chelsea. So, what are you going to go for on this one? Ooh. Chelsea are bad, but they always step up against us, don't they? They do, they do indeed. And I think what we may perhaps also have to factor, in, mm. uh, factor into this is the schedule, because um, sandwiched in between that Newcastle and Chelsea game is away at Napoli in our opening Champions League game. Hmm, that is a factor. I think we'll win, because as I keep saying, Chelsea are bad, which is always fun to say. Um, I'll say 2-1 to us. I think it'll be one of them annoying games where we had to muck about with the Champions League. I say muck about like it's a nothing game, but yeah, it's not. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be affected by the midweek one. Uh, would the Europa League start for them on the same week? That's a um, That'll be a factor as well. Must do. Must yeah, start. quite possibly. Yeah. Oh, they're in Champions League, aren't they? Oh, God, ah, yeah. <clears throat> I forgot they're actually... <laughs> that's, that's, how yeah. bad, that's how bad I think Chelsea, yeah. You know what? That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I, what? I was going to be superstitious and go for a draw. I'm going to say we win 3-2. Spicy game. One. I've got 3-2. So there you do. go. That'll do. Now, after that, we've got the MK Dons, which, as we've both kind of um, agreed, that we, we think we'll see a fair amount of um, changes for that game. So, after that, to finish the month off, we're away at Sheffield United, which I think could be a tougher game than most would expect. Yeah, they've got obviously got the strange um, overlapping centre-back systems, although we do really suit playing three at the back. Um, it just seems to suit the way we play um, and I doubt they'll be their marauding usual selves um, against us unless they want to get tonked um, I, I do agree, I think Sheffield United would be one of them bogey games for teams I mean we saw them draw with Chelsea this weekend or previous weekend um, I think we'll win because I think we'll win most games this season obviously uh, I will say 2-0 Ooh, I've gone the exact same scoreline. Oh, I think Allison should be back by then, so hopefully well, the clean sheet through. Well, <laughs> that's, to, to Schwood. <laughs> that's yeah. a thing in itself, isn't it? Um, the final prediction then, do we see Allison back before the end of September? Yeah. You do? Yeah, I reckon 
maybe the League Cup if we want to mm. integrate him. Yeah, I'll go with that. I'll say so, I'll point out MK Dons if we get specific with it. Well, I've seen that report. I've seen that report that um, Adrian's doing a lot of work. Yeah, that didn't fill during me the international joy. break and kicking and whatnot, and it kind of um, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying. I'm reading too much into it, but I, I've got a funny feeling that we don't see we don't see um, Allison until at least October. Well, that October gets harder. So yeah. well, as long as he's back before, say, Leicester, I'll be all right yeah. with that. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah hopefully he's back. Fingers then, fingers yeah. crossed he is back soon because as as much as Alice, as Adrian's done quite well, and especially considering the circumstances of being thrown in, you know, arriving and being thrown in and then, you know, you know new club, new teammates, everything that's going on, big pressure for him, biggest team, club, Everything that he's ever played in, um, I think he's done okay. Um, but yep. yeah, to get Allison back w- would be huge, especially like you said, ahead of some of the big games that we've coming up in October. So it would be nice to have him back before the end of the month. So, um, so anyway, that that's it, guy. That's that's us done for another month. That's uh, August in the bag. Um, lots to we've had lots to chat about in terms of September as well. So. Um, what what do you think when we reconvene in a month's time? Do you do you feel we'll be looking back on another positive month? Yeah, I think we have to really. I think we've got three winnable games in the league, um, and obviously the cup competition start. Um, Napoli, Napoli is probably the toughest game of the month because they seemingly improved from last year as well. Um, but you can probably afford a, a poorish result at Napoli because of the, what the rest of the group is, and obviously. We'd be home at Napoli and home against Napoli in the next one. Um, so yeah, um, I'm gonna say it. I'm almost confident of a hundred percent record in this month. Maybe Napoli aside, <laughs> I've jinxed that now. If if we lose all the games, it's my fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that yeah, the thing is, it's almost slight pressure off in that with with the rest of the Champions League uh, group games that we win home and away versus Salzburg and and Genk, then yeah. It's that's it. That's qualification. So um, it, it it'd be nice. It would be nice to uh, to go to Napoli and get the result. A draw, yeah, I'd perfect, yeah. I'd be perfectly happy with the draw there. Perfectly happy indeed. So yeah. So so anyway, yeah. August being a positive month. Fingers crossed that uh, September will be the same, and, and we'll see when we come back. Uh, but until then, uh, thanks to everyone for, for listening in and contributing. And if you want to get in touch with us, send us your picks for goal of the month and for uh, player of the month. I will remember ne- the next time round to actually put that out on Twitter and let you uh, let you guys have a vote and, uh, and put your contributions towards it as well. So, but anyway, so thanks, thank you all for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, from myself and Guy though until next month's Reds review here on Anfield Index it's bye bye now Podcast Network.